welcome to the Mashiach Mystery Series, and we're going to study this evening about the Beis Hamikdash. This is the third series, the third year of the series. So tonight's topic is about the third Beis Hamikdash. And previous weeks we learned about the Harhabayas, the Temple Mount. Uh, uh, nowadays, and about uh, last week, we had a show about the Orin, about the Holy Ark, how it's still extant today, and in fact, uh, it will be included in the third Beis Hamikdash. So tonight's year, we're going to learn about the third Beis Hamikdash. So tonight's discussion will be about who will build the third Beis Hamikdash. Will it come bide Adam or bide Shemayim? Will it be built by the hands of man or by the hands of heaven? So, what I'd like to do is, is start with the sources. Go back to the sources in Gemara and the Talmud um, and in the Rambam. And then we'll try to uh, analyze the different opinions and see if we can come to some reconciliation between the views. So let's begin with our first uh, quote over here from the Gemara Bavakama, the Afsamah Bay 60b. So the Gemara over here is expounding on a verse in Parshas Mishpatim, in the book of Exodus, it says, Kiseitzi It says, fire breaks out and it catches in, in, in thorns. And the Gemara explains that Teitzei Me'atzma, the term breaks out indicates that it breaks out by itself. And then the verse continues, Shalim Yeshalim Hamavirus Habeira. Yet the continuation of the verse states, the one who kindled the fire shall pay compensation. So what is the meaning of this? So Omar HaKadish Baruchu, Alay Lishalim is Habeira Shehivarti. The Holy One, blessed be He, says that although the fire broke out in the temple due to the sins of the Jewish people, that's the way the commentaries explain it. It is incumbent upon me to pay restitution for the fire that I kindled. So how do we see that Hashem, the God, kindled the fire in Zion and Zion? It is stated, the Lord has accomplished His fury. He has poured out His fierce anger. And He has kindled the fire in Zion, which has devoured its foundations. And then here comes the key line. And I will build it with fire in the future. As it is stated, For I, says the Lord, will be for her a wall of fire roundabout, and I will be the glory in her midst. So the commentaries discuss what the meaning of, of the, fire is, the fire is here, but at any rate, whatever the meaning of the fire is, the point is, is that it's clear from the Gemara that Hashem is saying that He is going to rebuild the third Beis HaMikdash. So the truth is, the fact that Hashem is going to build the third Beis HaMikdash, it actually has halachic ramifications. So, how so? So let's see the next quote. The Gemara in Sukkah. So the Mishnah in Sukkah says the following thing. It says, The Mishnah says that Rabbi Yechanan instituted that for the entire day of waving the Omer offering, it is prohibited to eat the grain of the new crop. In other words, there is a prohibition, there's an issue of eating chadash. 
eating the new grain before the Omer, brought it, the Omer offering has been brought. And so during Temple times, so as soon as the Omer offering had been brought, whatever time during the day it was, it was already permissible to eat the new crop. Now, what happened when the Temple was destroyed? So technically speaking, biblically speaking, so as soon as the 16th day of Nisan, the day on, on which the Omer should have been brought, would have been brought, had the Temple stood, so as soon as, uh, as right after sunrise, it's already permissible to eat from Chadash or the Dukra. However, Rabbi Yochanan, he instituted that once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, the entire 16th day um, is it's forbidden to eat the new crop. You have to wait till the 17th day. And the discussion over here of the Gemara is why. Gemara asks my time, what is the reason? Why did Rabbi Yochanan institute this? So says the Gemara, because Meheri Yibana Mesamikdash. Very soon, the temple will be rebuilt, and people will say, Last year when the temple was in ruins, didn't we eat of the new crop as soon as the eastern horizon was illuminated? Meaning, right after sunrise. So, So now too, let us eat the, the new grain at that time. The in Yadi says the Gemara, people won't know. That the previous year before the Beis HaMikdash was built, so the sunrise was made it permissible to eat from from Chadash. But now that there is a temple, you have to wait for the Omer offering to be brought in order for it to be permissible. So that's what it says. Now the Gemara analyzes this. Gemara says you don't have the translation in English of the next uh, the continuation. It's, the Gemara says the evening Amos. So when was when was the temple? When, when is it going to be built? What's the concern here? So if you're going to, if the concern is that the Beis Hamikdash will be built on the 16th day of Nisan itself, on that very day, the next year, so So what's the problem? So as soon as it was, it was sunrise, it was in fact permissible to eat the Omer because at that point in time there wasn't yet a Beis Hamikdash. So that can't be the concern. Says the Gemara, Elo evening bechamesar. So, the concern is maybe the uh, the Beis Hamikdash was built on the, will, will be built on the fifteenth day of Nisan. So then, already when the sixteenth day comes, you have to wait for the Omer offering to be brought. So, what's the problem? Says the Gemara, So it should already be permissible from midday of the sixteenth. Why the Hatnan? For it states in another mission, that anyone who's far from the Beis HaMikdash and doesn't know exactly when the Omer offering was brought is, is permitted to eat from the new crop, from Chadash, after Chatzos, after midday. Why? Because the court, the Basin, was never, would never delay that much in past, uh, past Chatzos. They were always very... Uh, they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of zrizos. They were they, they got uh, straight to the task. So there was no concern. Definitely by midday, the armor offering, uh, offering had been brought. So seemingly, what's the concern, right? At the very at the, the, at the in the very worst situation, so Rabbi Yechonon should say that the uh, the omer, the the restriction against chadash should be until midday of the sixteenth. So the Gemara answer is like this: Light no, the. What the concern is the evening Belalia. 
it's possible that maybe the base Hamikdash will be built at night. What's going to happen if it's built at night? So then, by the time the Beis Hamikdash is built, and by the time they reap the new crop for the Omer offering, so they're not going to be able to bring it by midday. So basically, the bottom line of the Gemara is, is that there's a concern that the Beis Hamikdash is going to be built. Oh, hold on a second, yeah? So in the in one, the Gemara had a, one possibility the Gemara brought up was maybe the Beis Hamikdash will be built on the 15th day of Nisan. The 15th day of Nisan is what day? Pesach, right? Which is Yom Tif. Now, the conclusion of the Gemara is that it's possible that the Beis Hamikdash will be built at night. The night of the 16th, which in Eretz Yisrael is not Yom Tif. So there's a very big issue with both of those possibilities. Which is that you're not allowed to build the Beis Hamikdash on Yom Tif, and you're not allowed to build the Beis Hamikdash at night. <laughs> so seemingly neither of those should be, any, should be a concern. So that's Rashi's question. Toysavis also asks the question. See, Rashi, Rashi says, the Ikashia, the Balaila ain't a divna, it can't be built at night. The Kaimilan Bishvu is the in Binya Beis Hamikdash Balaila, because we hold that the Beis Hamikdash can't be built at night. The Chsibu Vyoim Hakim, it says it has to be built by day. It can't be built on the 15th either. Which is also a holiday. It says in, elsewhere in Gemara, in Tractate Shavuos, that the building of the Beis HaMikdash doesn't push off Yamtiv. So Rashi answered, This applies to the Beis HaMikdash that is built by man. However, the future temple that we are waiting for, says Rashi, It is already built. It's finished. It will be revealed and will come from heaven. Like we say in Davine every day in the Shira of Az Yashir, that the Sanctuary Hashem, which you, which your hands have established. In other words, this is the mikdash which you Hashem have made with your have made with your own hands, and it's waiting to come down from heaven. So it's clear that Rashi um, understands this Gemara as implying that the Beis Hamikdash will be is already built above, and it's going to come down from heaven. Now, this is also important on a deeper level, according to Kabbalah. The Zoyar in many different places um, emphasizes that what is what is unique about the third base Hamikdash is that it, it is built by Hashem. So this is just one quote from the Zoyar, Zoyar Chelak Aleph, Chavchesam and Aleph, twenty-eight A, the first volume of the Zoyar. Um, it says, "Vani um Hashem Hashem says, "I will be like a wall of fire around." Uh, Yerushalayim, around Jerusalem, for this reason, on this mountain, says the Beis HaMikdash will be built by the Holy One, blessed be He, and it will last for generations, meaning forever. And concerning this, it is stated, that the glory of the last temple will be greater than the first. Right? So the Zayu understands this as, referring, as a reference to the third Beis HaMikdash, that it will be greater than the first two Batei Mikdashes, the first two temples. What is so much greater about it? Because the first ones, the first two temples were built by man. But this will be built by Hashem. 
and therefore it states in Tehillim and Psalms, If Hashem will not build the house, then those who toil to build it have toiled in vain. In other words, what the Zohar is saying is that the reason why the first two Batimikdashis, the first two temples were destroyed, is because they were built by man. The third base of Mikdash will be built by Hashem, and therefore it will be everlasting. So we have a number of sources over here which indicate that what is special and unique about the third base of Mikdash is that it will be built by Hashem. So that's everything is seems pretty clear until you get to the to, to the halacha, to the Rambam. You open up the Rambam. The last two brokim, the last two ch- chapters in Hilchas Balachim and the Laws of Kings, where he tells us all about Mashiach and he tells us the following: What is Mashiach? What's Mashiach's job? It says Hamelech Mashiach Asid Lamoid. Mashiach is destined to arise. Malchus David He's going to bring back the Davidic dynasty, uh, dynasty, to its origi- original um, rulership. And he will build the base of Mikdash. And then he will gather in the exiles. And then all the mitzvahs will come back. So it's clear that the Ramam says, whose job will it be to build the base of Mikdash? Mashiach's job. And furthermore, he actually indicates that actually one of the signs that indicates that someone is Mashiach. A couple halachis later, this is halacha Dalid, he gives us the signs how to determine um, and identify who Mashiach is. And he says the following, If you see that there's a king who arises from the house of David who is who studies Torah diligently and he's involved in fulfilling God's commandments just like his ancestor, King David, according to the way it is spelled out in the written and oral law, he will influence all of the Jewish people to follow the ways of the Torah, and then he'll fight the wars of Hashem, and then, then he's presumably Mashiach. Then the Ramam continues, if he is successful in all of the above, and then he builds the base Hamikdash in the correct place, the kibitz nitchei Yisrael, and he gathers in the exiles. Then harizin Mashiach bavandei. Then he is definitely Mashiach. So in other words, the Rambam makes Mashiach building the base hamikdash. This is one of the essential criteria for determining that he is Mashiach. So the Rambam is very clear that Mashiach, will, sorry, that the base hamikdash, the third base hamikdash, will be built by man, will be built by Mashiach. So one of the questions is. So where's the source of the Rambam? So the truth is, the Rambam. There are other sources over here that are not in your. You're not in the handout over here. It was act, it's actually mentioned in the Talmud Yerushalmi that uh, says that the the Jews who who um, who will gather in from the from the exiles they will build the Beis Hamikdash. And in fact, just to mention, this is not the main topic, but. Um, the Rambam does emphasize not only that it will be built by man, but he says it will be built by Moshiach. That's another question. Why specifically Mashiach? Seemingly the mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash, why is it specifically dependent on Mashiach? And maybe just to add to the question, in fact, there was a time period in history when they when they came back after the second Beis HaMikdash, they actually didn't know whether um, this would be the final Beis HaMikdash or not. They started building, 
and it was it says it was possible, if not for the fact uh, that we weren't we, we were not worthy, that the second base of would have been the final base of So in they went ahead and they started building without Mashiach. Which also brings up a question nowadays, well, why don't we just go ahead today and build the base of Okay, there might be technical issues. So the Rebbe points out that there is another medrash which, um, where Rabbi Eliezer, he derives from a verse that in fact that it is Mashiach himself who will build the Beis HaMikdash. And the reason why, when the exiles came up from the Second Temple, the reason why they, they started building it is because at that point in time, the halacha had not yet been established. It wasn't yet clear whether it was necessary for Mashiach himself to build the Beis HaMikdash. However, now the halacha has already been established and therefore, we have to wait for Mashiach to build the Beis HaMikdash. Now, why? So that's a whole other discussion. The, the gist of the answer is, is that in order to build the Beis HaMikdash, you need a Melech. You need a king. For whatever reason. But whatever the case might be, it's clear from the Rambam that it's, this is going to be a human effort. It's going to be a human effort. And although it's Mashiach who's going to build the Beis HaMikdash, it's also possible that all of us will, will help Mashiach out. It's it's uh, it's conceivable that Mashiach uh, is not necessarily going to build it physically himself. It's his responsibility, right? It's his job. It's but we can uh, we could probably guess that it's not going to be Mashiach building it himself. It's not it's not like putting on film that he has to you have to put it on yourself. It's something that the pastors we could assume that um, everybody can help Mashiach. Okay, so what I, what I want to what I want to do right now is so let's uh, let's uh, analyze what are the advantages or questions of each one of these opinions so seemingly the Rambam he has a lot of he has a lot of proofs to what he's uh, to, to his opinion number one there's a there's a tractate there's a Masechta in Shas in the Talmud called Maseches Midas what is Maseches Midas all about it's all about the dimensions of the second Beis HaMikdash. So all the commentaries are very puzzled. What is the purpose of this tractate? The rest of the Talmud, the rest of Mishnayis, it's all about halacha. It's all halacha, it's all laws that, that, that we have to follow or that you know, at some point in time you have to follow. But seemingly, Masechus Mida is it's just a description of what the second Beis HaMikdash looked like. So seemingly, what's the point, right? Like the taste was young to Hava, whatever happened, happened. Whatever it looked like, whatever it was, it's nice. You can, you know, maybe look, you know, you can include it as something separately in, in the history section, but what does it have to do with Mishnayis, which is halacha? So the taste was young says that it's because it's actually going to come to use. It's going to come to use. I believe the Ramam also makes this point in his introduction to Mishnayis. So, we're going to have to build the third base Hamikdash. Now, how are we going to know how to build the third base Hamikdash? So, actually, if you open up the book of Yechezkel, the book of Ezekiel, there's a whole description of the third base Hamikdash. However, the Tesis Yantu points out, if not for Meseches Midas, we would have no idea what what Yechezkel means. It's very it, it's it's very unclear. You open up Yechezkel and the terminology and what it's describing over there, and it goes this it, it's. It's very confusing. It's hard to figure out what exactly it's saying. Now we know that when they built the second base on Mikdash, they it was built very similar to the third base on Mikdash. 
That's what the Rambam says. They they built it They built it very similar to the way uh, it's explained in Yecheskel. So therefore, by studying Bayis Sheni, by, by studying the description of the second temple, so when the third, when it, when it comes time, when Mashiach comes, and it comes time to build the third base on Mikdash, so we'll, first of all, we'll have a clue what what the voices in Yecheskel mean, and second of all, the things that are that are not clear, we could we could make them similar. I think he says that we can make them similar to what it doesn't, what it says in Bayis Sheni, the way they made it in the second the second base on Mikdash. So basically. The fact that there is a Meseches Midas, the fact that there is a Tractate Midas, that seems to indicate that the building the Beis HaMikdash is something which is which lies upon us and therefore it's relevant for us to study in order to know how to build it. That's number one. Number two, furthermore, the building the Beis HaMikdash is a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. One of the 613 mitzvahs. 613 commandments, which means commandments to man, is to build So all of that seems to imply very strongly, as the Rambam indicates, that it's our responsibility to build the Beis HaMikdash. So, now, you might ask on the Rambam that, okay, well you have that Gemara in, uh, you have the Gemara in Sukkah that we said, right, which, which implies that the Beis HaMikdash could be built uh, on Yom Tiv or at night, what's the Ramam going to do with that? How is he going to explain it? So the truth is that's not such a big question because commentaries say maybe sometimes the Beisdin might make a mistake. That's one answer. Other commentaries say the Megilli says that. I think the Oruch Laner, one of the Achroidner, Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, he says that maybe you don't need to actually build the whole Beis HaMikdash. It's enough just for them to build the Mizbeach, the altar. That's enough to, to bring the Omer offering. So there's, there's ways to there's ways to answer a, answer the Gemara. So really, all of this would seem to uh, all of this would seem to indicate. One second. So, but on the other hand, there does seem to be the Zayar does seem to bring up at least at least in a deeper sense. The Zayar does seem to bring up a very important point that seemingly the whole advantage of the future redemption is that it's going to be everlasting. And the Zayar explains it in order for. The Beis Hamikdash to be everlasting, it needs to be built by God, not by man. So, what's the Rambam going to do with that? So, in other words, it seems over here that there seems to be advantages in each one of these in each one of these points over here. On the one hand, the Rambam seems to have a lot backing him. It's a mitzvah. There's a Maseches Midas over here. It seems to imply that it has to come from our effort. On the other hand, the Zoyer has a good point also that it has to be that uh, it has to be everlasting. It has to be built by God. So, there's a lot of different ways. To reconcile the views. In other words, all of this seems to indicate that it's this is not quite a a uh, a min uh, It's not a dispute from one extreme to the other, but rather it's possible that the different views over here, in fact, can can agree with each other. So what we're going to see over here is different ways that to reconcile the views. So over here you have a quote from Lakut Siches where the Rebbe brings it in short. So I'll first say it outside, and then we'll see inside. So generally speaking, the Rebbe, um, the Rebbe brings three ways to reconcile the views, which is all basically the same idea. Then there's a fourth way that we'll get to later. One way is, as I mentioned before, so in Yechezkel, not everything is clear. So whatever it says in Yechezkel, based on our understanding of Tractate Midos, so then we'll be able to build. What about the part of the Beis Hamikdash that we don't know? So what's going to happen? 
So we could say that that will be built by Hashem. So in other words, on the one hand, we'll have our parts, because we'll be building whatever we know. But on the other hand, it will also have that godly quality, that divine quality, because it will have those elements that will be built by Hashem. That's one way. A, a, a similar, a, 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 the Rebbe says, or you could say furthermore, that at the end of the day, the fact that it's uh, going to be built by Hashem, we're talking, it's a spiritual thing. Right? It's a spiritual thing. It's a, sp- it's a spiritual Beis HaMikdash. So it's possible that even those parts of the Beis HaMikdash that are not clear from the verses in Yechezkel, Hashem will reveal that to Mashiach and tell him how to build it. Nevertheless, in the physical Beis HaMikdash that will be built by Mashiach, there will come down a spiritual Beis HaMikdash inside. Or a third way, which is also similar, is that there's a voice in Eicha which says, Tavu ba'oret sha'areha. Says that the the gates of the Beis Hamikdash are sunken into the earth. So that means to say that the gates of the Beis Hamikdash are have been sunken into the earth. So it's possible, says the Rebbe, that the Beis Hamikdash will be built completely from Hashem. Oh, this is taking to the other extreme, except for the gates. The gates. Will, will, will arise from the ground and then Mashiach, he will take the gates and he will put them on the Beis HaMikdash and close them. There's a concept in Halacha that whoever takes, whoever takes a door or a gate and he closes a building, it's considered as if he built the entire house. Because that shows ownership, that show, that, or at least without the gate, so it's not, without a door it's not possible to live in the house. So the fact that Mashiach will, will put the gates on the Beis HaMikdash, that will give it the human element, that will so to say, fulfill the mitzvah of building the Beis HaMikdash. So basically the common denominator between all these three ways is that they'll have both elements. So, now the question is, so why is it that it's, if you open the Rambam, so he seems to be emphasizing the human element, the fact that it will be built by Mashiach, but then when you open the Zoyar, then he's emphasizing the divine element. So it says the Rebbe very simple. The Ramam is a book of halacha. What's halacha? Halacha is about what we are supposed to do. So in halacha, it's not relevant that there's, a, there's going to be a spiritual element over here. That's not relevant in halacha. Halacha is just, you have a mitzvah, you have a commandment, you have to build the way something, just go ahead and do it. The Zoya, on the other hand, is Pnimi Yisav He's telling us about the the... The deeper meaning. So he's telling us what is the the Mila, what is the great quality and superiority of the third base Hamikdash over the first two is the fact that it will have this this divine element. So each book is so to say is following is doing its job. The Ramam is halacha. He's telling us halacha. The Zoya is pretty much telling us what the deeper quality of the third base Hamikdash is. Okay, but what still remains to be explained is why is it necessary to have both these components. So that we'll see over here, in the Sikha over here, in Chelek Lamates, in chapter 39 of Lekut Sikhas. So, in the first paragraph, the Rebbe quotes, we had before, the, the Das HaZoyar, which says that the Beit HaMikdash HaShlishi will be built by Hashem, and Rashi says that, on the other hand, we find, in other, in, in Razal, other, and other, the sages say in other places that it will be built by us, and as the Rambam, he paskins, he rules uh, the halacha that Mashiach will build it, and it's a mitzvah. 
And the second paragraph, the Rebbe says that we can explain many ways to reconcile the opinions. The Tarvayu is the Hubei. Both are true. Which means the Binyan Habay is Lamata Yibidei Adam will be built by man. And in this Mikdash down here will will come down the spiritual base Hamikdash. That's one way. Or that a physical base Hamikdash will come down from heaven. But the the doors or the gates which were sunken into the earth, which were made by man, they will. Be, they will come up and be revealed, and Mashiach will place them in, in their place. One who puts up the doors is considered as if he built it. It comes out that to, for building the Beis Hamikdash, we need both things. It needs to be built by Hashem, and also needs to be made by man. And the question is why? So let me preface. The truth is, the answer to this question is a very, um, a very um, important point, a very general concept in Chassidus. So what is the whole purpose of creation? The purpose of creation says Chassidus is Diru B'Tachtonim. That Hashem should dwell in the lower realms, so to say. So that implies that although this is a revelation of God, God is going to be revealed in this world as if it's his home, just like a person is comfortable in his home, but it's going to remain tachtoinim. It's going to remain a lower realm. Therefore, it's important that however great the godly revelation is going to be when Mashiach comes, which is the ultimate of Dirabit tachtoinim, but the world should remain a tachtoinim. It should remain a lower realm. Which, by the way, it explains another interesting thing. The Rambam, he, he emphasizes, in, when he talks about Mashiach, that Mashiach is not about making miracles. And the world is going to be a natural world. It's, it's just, everything's going to be the same. It's just we're going to be able to fulfill Torah mitzvahs. It will be a peaceful world. But it's not, it's not, about, it's, it's not about miracles and, and wonders. So the question is, why is that so important? Why is it so important? So there will be miracles, there won't be miracles. Why is that relevant? So the answer is, is because the Rambam over here is defining to us what Mashiach is about. Mashiach is about Dira B'Tachtoinim. Mashiach means that we're going to be able to fulfill God's will in a regular natural world. If Mashiach was about making wonders and miracles, what would that mean? That would mean that in order for God's will to be expressed in this world, the world can't remain in its regular normal state. We need to make a different world. We need to have a world of miracles and wonders. And I'm emphasizing to us that the world has to remain a tachtoinim. It has to remain a lower realm. It has to remain a regular natural world. So a similar thing is also over here when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash. Because the Beis HaMikdash is the ultimate expression of Dirba Tachtoinim. Of Hashem dwelling in this lower world. That it needs to have not just the godly element, it has to have the human element. So let's see in the Rebbe's words. The point of the explanation is as follows. What's unique about the third base of is that it will be everlasting. Unlike the first and second temples, 
Therefore, it has to be built by Hashem. And it needs to have that godly element, otherwise, it won't be everlasting. On the other hand, the eternity of the Beis Hamikdash has to be, so to say, on our terms. Therefore, the way we bring, the way we create this eternal edifice, this eternal structure in this world, is through our actions. Which then the eternal Beis Hamikdash, which is God's Beis Hamikdash, it it's it's rooted in the in 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 the lower realm itself. So in other words, we need to have both. Obviously, it's the main thing is binyan the kuchibrichu. The main thing it's it's being built by Hashem. It's everlasting. It's eternal. But if it's just eternal because Hashem wants it to be eternal, so it has nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with tachtainim. Nothing to do with the gidrei hamata. Nothing to do with with the limitations, so to say, of this world. So therefore, we need to put in our two cents also. And that's what it, that's what the, the famous quote the Rebbe would always quote is Adam kav and A person wants his one kav, his one kav measure more than nine kaven of his friend. In other words, what's the point of that? That when a person works for something, when a person puts his own effort into it, even if his contribution is small, but then it's what's called, it's not namadiki supa, it's not, it's not bread of shame. You have a connection to it. So Hashem wants that we should be a shutafla kodesh He wants that we should be his partners. He wants that this should be, should, should be a joint effort. And therefore, it's important that there should be the kav shaloi, that there should be our effort over here in building the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, so that explains according to all of these different ways of reconciling the different ways, why it's important that it both be built by Hashem and, and to have our, um, our effort as well. The truth is, is that there's a fourth way of reconciling this contradiction. Based on a famous Gemara, which says that there's, uh, there's a verse in Yeshaya, the book of Isaiah, that says, God says, that in its time I will hasten it. So the Gemara says seemingly th- those that, that's a, that's a self that's self contradictory. If the redemption is coming beita in its time, then it's not achishena, then it's not being hastened. So says Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi that in fact the pasuk over here is actually referring to two different possible ways that Mashiach might come. It says if zochu, if the Jewish people are meritorious and worthy, then Achishena, then Hashem will hasten it. But if Leizachu, if they're not worthy, then Be'ita, then Mashiach will come in its time, in the predetermined time. So these two modes, so to say, these two possibilities of how Mashiach might come, whether Be'ita, Achishena, it's not just how quick Mashiach is going to come, but it's also what manner Mashiach is going to come. In other words, if Mashiach is coming Be'ita in its time, so it's, it's a process, it's a process. First, Mashiach will arise and he'll influence the people, and eventually he'll come to the base to Eretz Yisrael, and then he'll build the base Hamikdash, and then he'll gather in the exiles. But what happens if Hashem decides that Mashiach is going to come today? So what's going to happen? So we're all going to go to Eretz Yisrael right away. Right away, the the base Hamikdash will come down from heaven, and we'll be we'll, we'll get ready to go and start doing the Avodah in the base Hamikdash. 
So in other words, if it'll be, if it, if we'll, we'll be loizach, we won't be worthy, so Mashiach will, Mashiach will build the base of Mikdash. But if we will be worthy, then it will come down which also explains, once again, why the Rambam, he is halacha, so he tells us the bare minimum. According to halacha, you can't say that, you can't describe Mashiach that, that it's going to come from heaven, because we don't know that if that, that's going to happen. He describes it in the, in the most basic way that, at the very least, this must happen. Obviously, it might happen in, in a much greater, more miraculous way, but this is the very basics. However, the Zoyar, he's they're talking about the way that we the way we'd like it to be, right? Zochu, uh, if we're if we're if we're worthy, and also interesting. Rashi also he Rashi interesting himself also. I didn't point out before, but Rashi himself actually does mention also about the Maseches Midas that studying Midas in order to know how to build a base Hamikdash. So how does that? How do we reconcile that with Rashi, who says in Gemara that we're that the mikdash that we're waiting for is going to come from heaven. So this is the perfect way to reconcile it. Now, as Rashi recognizes that it's possible that that we won't be meritorious and that we'll have to know how to build a base hamikdash. On the other hand, what's Rashi talking about in in Sukkot? He says hamikdash anu mitzapin. He says the mikdash that we're waiting for. In other words, we're we're expecting and hoping the Mashiach is going to come any second. And in that situation, so the the base hamikdash will come down from heaven. Okay. So, one question I think that remains on the question we can ask on this last explanation. So is so according to this la- last explanation comes there emerges something seemingly strange based on the previous explanation from the previous sicha. Previous sicha just explained the importance of having both elements, both the divine element and the human element. According to this uh, last uh, uh, way of reconciling, reconciling it, so it emerges, something emerges very strange. Okay, so I can understand if Loizahu not worthy, okay, we'll have to do it ourselves, and that'll be it, fine. But you're telling me if Zahu, you're telling me if we're meritorious, we're worthy, so then it's only going to come from heaven? But the Rebbe just explained that it's, it's important that there should be the human element. So, so, so how does this make sense? How does this explanation of the Rebbe, how does that fit with all the previous ones that explain that there's, it's always important, because of Dir that there be human element? How does that work? So I think, based on another Sicha... Oh. <laughs> based on another Sicha, I think it actually comes out that, on the contrary, when the Jewish people are Zohu, then the human element is even more than if than than is even more than than according to all the other explanations. So in this other sicha in Chelik Lamin and Volume Thirty of Lukut Sichas, over there the Rebbe emphasizes another point: that the fact that there's a human element, it's not just an order that it's not just an order that uh, we should also have a part in it. The fact that it's going to be a bias nitzli, the fact that it's going to be eternal, that itself is a result that it came through our avodah, that it came through our effort. In other words, the fact that it's coming through our effort is not a chesorin, it's not a deficiency, it's not that, oh, it's only our effort and therefore it can't last forever. On the contrary, the fact that it's coming through our effort 
is the reason why it's going to be everlasting. And the Rebbe asks, well, how could that be? Seemingly, human, although there is an advantage in the human effort, but seemingly, at the end of the day, humans are limited, and uh, so how could it last forever? So what the Rebbe is going to explain in here is that it's actually our effort which causes that Hashem should, should make that it should be an eternal Beis HaMikdash. So let's, let's read this inside. The fact that the third base Samikdash will be built by Hashem, and therefore will not be destroyed. It's because it came through the actions and through the effort of the Jewish people previously, when the throughout the entire duration of the exile. This is the greatest perfection in the human effort and human action. And that's why it's specifically our Avaida, this Avaida enduring Dolor, which is bringing to the fact that the Beis HaMikdash will be built by Hashem and will last, last forever. And other words that the Rebbe is saying is that is that the fact that we're doing the Avaidah, that is what's causing that it should be everlasting. And now the Rebbe connects us with the Zohu and Loi Zohu. This is similar to what our sages say in general when it comes to the future redemption. Zohu Achishena, that when we are worthy, I will hasten it. Which means that when the Jewish people do their Avaidah in a way that it's perfect, that is complete, Zahu, they're worthy, then the redemption will come in a completely different way. I will hasten it, beyond nature. The similar thing applies to the third future of Since it came after the effort of the Jewish people throughout this last exile. And through this, we were cleansed after cleansed. As we see that the Jewish people are learning, are studying Torah, they're fulfilling God's commandments, literally with self-sacrifice. Even places where God has given us the opportunity that there are not uh, we have the we're able to fulfill his uh, his Torah and do his mitzvahs. There's other obstacles. There's people who laugh at us and make fun of us. We have to have a lot of strength not to be ashamed from those who laugh and those who mock us. And to be strong and keep to our faith and keep to our Torah, even to the eyes of the nations. So it's this self-sacrifice that we have that's going to bring to the fact that Hashem Himself is going to build the third Beis Hamikdash. Hainu, what comes out? The reason why it's the human action that's making the Beis Hamikdash last forever. It means the greater a person's actions are, so the more the Shekhinah the shechina rests there. So in other words, what the Rebbe is saying over here, if I understand it correctly, is that 
if the Jewish people's avodah is in a way of zachu that were that were worthy, that means that our 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 our, our partnership with Hashem in building the base hamikdash isn't just in our little part. The fact that we're going to put up the doors, or we're going to build certain parts that we know, we know, or even we'll build the whole thing. We have a much greater partnership with Hashem. It's our whole avodah in Golos to let the entire Golos, the Messias Nefesh that we had in Golos, the self-sacrifice, which is which is creating and causing that Hashem should do His part and bring the third base Hamikdash. So on the contrary, this final explanation of explaining that it's through Zachu, that through being meritorious, that will then will the, the base Hamikdash will come down from heaven. That's not negating the fact that we'll have the human element. On the contrary, there's even greater human element. There's even greater human effort, which is which is bringing bringing the base hamikdash. This last paragraph over here, the Rebbe goes into even deeper concept over here that that there's a concept that when you're serving Hashem, so you can serve Hashem in a way that you're doing it because you understand and you feel and you appreciate serving Hashem. So at that level, so although you're fulfilling God's will and you're doing it for the right reason, but there's 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 you involved. There's you involved. It's me. There's I'm serving. I'm serving God. The greatest level of serving Hashem is in such a way that it's not about me. I I am just God's vehicle through which His will can be fulfilled in this world. So when is a when is a Jew when is when is a Jew express that? Mentality, when he serves God in a way of kabbalah, a way of mysterious nefesh, he's doing it because this is what God told me. This was self-sacrifice. It's not about me. It's not because I understand and I feel and I want. So, therefore, specifically the avodah in golos, in golos, what in golos, you don't necessarily have the same great uh, understanding and, and emotional attachment that Jews had during the uh, the temple time when they experience godly revelation on a, on a on a regular basis right we primarily serve hashem because that's what we have to do and we know this is what he wants and we do it with self sacrifice so at that level so so to say since we 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 got our ego out of the way we got our our, our independent existence out of the way we're just god's vehicle so therefore that's what that's how god could so to say he could rest in our actions and our actions could be the the vessel that the that his eternal base hamikdash should be able to be expressed in this world in this world through our actions because it's not about it's not about us we are just we're doing an avayda which is just about fulfilling his will so that's an that's an even deeper way of explaining how it's specifically through our avayda and golas that the eternal base hamikdash will be built in this world. Because specifically to doing the Avayda in a way of mysterious nefesh, where it's complete bittal, that's the clea for the Gilei Milmaila, for the revelation of above, of, of the third base Amikdash, which is Binyam of the Kutu So just to conclude over here, so basically what we, hear, what we have over here is we have the different opinions of the Rambam and the Zoyar about whether the base Amikdash will uh, be built by man or by God. And we have four different ways to re- reconcile it. And the bottom line is, is that you need both. We need both. And now the, the question people always ask, so what's actually going to happen? What's actually going to happen? What's, what's going to happen? Which one is it going to be? So I think the real answer to that question is, as the Ramah puts it, we're not going to know exactly how it is till it happens. But one thing is clear is that 
what we're, what we're looking for and what we're expecting and what the Rebbe would always emphasize is that we are hoping that it's going to happen in a way, like the Rebbe said, that we are zakhu, we are worthy and it's going to happen in the blink of an eye that it will be completely built by Hashem and as the Rebbe mentioned once, it's actually uh, relevant in Halacha that a Koyen, it says, is not allowed to, uh, theoretically shouldn't be able to drink wine nowadays because he would, very soon it's possible that he'd have to do the service to avoid in the base Hamikdash, and 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 which can't be done while one is intoxicated. It's only that technically he doesn't know which uh, which day is his, so therefore it's it's he's able to drink wine. But technically, what we see is it's possible that the base Hamikdash could be built within the amount of time that it takes to sober up. So, Be'ezrus Hashem, we should be zoicha take it for the admamish very soon that we should have the third base Hamikdash. Mikdash Adnai Kedin Liyadachah is built by Hashem's hand and it should happen immediately. Amen. Amen.